Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. Well, we had a big, fat, exciting day here in our house. Uh, (laughs) And for those of you who don't like dog updates, you might want to turn off the podcast now. Um, Howard graduated obedience one yesterday. It was such a proud moment. I had no idea that I was going to react the way I did, but I was like on the verge of tears. He was valedictorian. They didn't name him valedictorian. Well, in my mind, he was valedictorian. They did use him a couple times as an example of how to do things right. That's, that's, I mean, I interpreted that as head of the class. (laughs) He's like, okay with that. He did great. And we use these premium types of treats during the training. Right. What do they call them? Pork tripe? Yeah, pork tripe. And so he ate a lot of pork tripe during the the graduation class and then immediately shit in the car. He didn't shit in the car. All right, he shit near the car. Yeah, Um, it was pretty gross. I'll give you that. It was a fire hose of what (laughs) appeared to be liquid feces. Well, there was that. Plus, also, we got him a pup cup because he did such a good job. (laughs) That's right. And I don't think he's ever had a pup cup before. Uh, So it's just, you know, like a cup of cream. Uh, We really set him up for failure. (laughs) I suppose we did. Yeah. Tripe and cream. Hmm. Is that a Ben and Jerry's flavor? That should be. (laughs) I want you to listen to something. This is the sound of a sperm whale. It's kind of what you'd expect, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of sounds like, like a dolphin. It's very similar to a dolphin, except it is much louder. In fact, the clicks coming from a sperm whale are so loud and so powerful, they can kill a human being within their vicinity. Uh, Really? According to James Nestor, who is a diver, author, and researcher, in a recent presentation, he claimed that uh, he and a fellow diver were swimming near a pod of sperm whales, and his uh, diver friend 
was approached by one of the sperm whales out of curiosity, just wanted to see what was going on. The diver extended his hand in an effort to protect himself. And the clicks were so loud and he was so close to the whale that his hand was paralyzed for nearly four hours. Nestor said in his presentation, quote, These clicks are so powerful in the water that they can blow out your eardrums easily. I had no idea. And they can actually vibrate a human body to death. Whoa. That's some loud shit. I mean, I knew they were loud because it can travel so far, but I didn't realize it you know was like that. How far they can travel? Niner. <laughs> Did I hear a niner in there? No. Sperm whales are not only the loudest whale. They're the loudest mammal on the planet. Oh, wow. With their clicks and vocalizations, they can be as loud as 230 decibels. How loud is that? Well, here's a comparison. If you're standing on the runway at an airport and you're just 100 feet away from a jet engine and the engine is operating, that would register at about 140 Whoa! Decibels. At 150, your eardrums would burst. And between 180 to 200 decibels, that would cause death in a human being. It's so, like, the concept of louded to death is so <laughs> foreign and weird. It's really hard to kind of imagine what that might look like. There has been research in sonic type weapons where sure. you know you can be killed by a blast of a sound. But when you factor in that these sounds as loud as they are are made underwater, they are massively magnified or amplified. Sound travels differently underwater than it does in the air. Now, a science writer for 538 said, quote, "Because water is denser than air, sound in water, sound in water is measured on a different decibel scale." than air. Okay. The sperm whale would still be extremely loud, but significantly less in the air. About 174 decibels, which is, which is loud enough to rupture your eardrums. Sure. Suffice it to say, you probably don't want to spend a lot of time swimming with sperm whales. <laughs> now, of course, sperm whales don't use their loud clicks to kill things. Uh, they use it mostly to communicate and also for navigation. In fact, the estimate is that sperm whales can hear each other thousands of miles apart. No. Thousands? Thousands of miles apart. David Gruber, he's a marine biologist at City University of New, of New York, says, quote, sperm whales are incredibly intelligent and highly socially aware creatures. And he's always been fascinated with sperm whales. In 2017, uh, Gruber was a fellow at Harvard University's Radcliffe Institute, and he was researching recordings of sperm whales, and he started to pick out patterns and codas. While he was doing that in his office with the door open, a colleague named Shafi Goldwasser wandered into his office, and she was intrigued, so she asked him about the sperm whale clicks. And when Gruber explained what they were and how he was detecting patterns, Goldwasser suggested that they launch a project to understand what those noises meant. And, and she was kind of joking about it. Mm -hmm. But then the conversation became serious. Gruber contacted a guy named Michael Bronstein, who also was a Radcliffe fellow, and he was an expert in machine learning. He wanted to know if artificial intelligence could help 
in perhaps decoding the sperm whale's language. Oh. What they've discovered through an algorithm is that sperm whale's vocalizations are created in Morse code-like structure, and they were easily translated into ones and zeros. So the group contacted, contacted a guy named Shane Giro. He's a Canadian biologist, and Shane had spent a lot of time researching sperm whales. In fact, 10 years studying this one huge pod of sperm whales that included some 40 different families in the Eastern Caribbean. So he had in his possession the sounds of hundreds of individual sperm whales. He spent a great deal of time researching and documenting them with notes describing which, which whales were communicating, who they were communicating with, and what they were doing at that time. And so using that data set, they used the algorithm and they ran sample recordings of the whale clicks through it. And what they found was the algorithm correctly identified the specific whales more than 94% of the time. Gruber then put together his team of researchers to continue this project. They actually received funding from a project run by TED Talks. Oh, cool. But the first thing they need to do to get the machine learning models to efficiently decode the data is to increase the size of the sample. They estimate that identifying patterns and whale talk will take roughly a billion clicks or a one to two million codas. So that's a lot. Mm. To put it in perspective, the uh, decades-long sperm whale project that they had in their possession uh, represents only about 100,000 entries. Oof. They got a ways to go. So they've assembled a pool of experts that are developing a series of non-invasive video and audio recording devices. They've actually developed little robot fish that uh, <laughs> swim freely and they can reach the depths of uh, thousands of feet while recording video and audio in uh, high resolution. And then they, they transport it electronically. They tag it to deep sea buoys that are floating about. They have an array of them in oh, that's cool. various areas. Because the idea is they don't want to disrupt, they don't want to be disruptive to the whales. Mm. They don't want to cause any long-term confusion. Their hope is to collect enough clicks and data to help them build a comprehensive picture of the whale's vocabulary. I love that. How friggin' cool is that? It's so cool. Once that's done, the thought is they could develop a productive conversation program that could generate clicks with estimated meanings and then broadcast them to sperm whales. That way, they could check the response and see if, in fact, they were talking and communicating with whales. Oh, my God. That's amazing. What would you say to a whale if you had an opportunity to communicate with a sperm whale? I would probably alert them to the location of whaling ships. <laughs> hey, don't go over there. Yeah, whatever you do. Some dillweed's going to try to spear you. But even if this is successful, there's no guarantee that whales would even want to talk to, to us. That's uh, true. You know, I know if I were a, a whale, I'd be really pissed off <laughs> at humans. But for Gruber, that's really not the issue. He said, quote, this whole thing is not about getting whales to better understand humans. It's rather about the idea that we are listening deeply to what these magical animals are saying and that we respect them. 
My information came from Discover Magazine, Roaring Earth, and National Geographic. So cool. I, oh man. I mean, there's all this talk about uh, the civilian space travel and, you know, all of the SpaceX projects yeah. and Branson, you know, hey, 200,000, you can orbit Earth. I would much rather talk to a whale than go to space. What would you say to a whale? What would I say to a Well, first of all, I would apologize. Mm-hmm. I would say, hey, sorry. Sorry ab- about all that trash? About all that. In your house? Trash. And then I would suggest that the whales check out Ozark starring Jason Bateman on Netflix. Oh my God, How yes. did we find that so late? I mean, that's been out for what, four seasons? And yeah. We're ju- now just getting into it. What a great show that is. I've wanted to pick it up. It's just, it, it never got there for some reason. But um, yeah, we started watching it a couple days ago and we have binged. The thing is, we only binge in the evening. Yeah. You know, it's like after five o'clock. It's like cocktails. You know, after five, it's fine. I can't wait till nighttime so we can put pajamas on and watch an insane amount of television. That's actually what Kat said this morning. I can't wait for it to be nighttime so we can watch Ozark. We have have little patterns and rituals. We don't really watch TV during the day. No, we don't. Occasionally, I'll put a cooking show on while I fold laundry. Well, there's a difference between something on in the background while you're doing something and then sitting in front of the TV and and acting. Actively watching it, so I don't count your laundry folding cooking shows as watching TV. That's just kind of ambient noise. Okay. <laughs> the Box of Oddities with Cat and Jethro Gilligan Toth. I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids. And they live about 3,000 miles away. And my daughter is expecting a child. And she has been sending me updates on her baby bump through the aura frame. And since I can't be there to experience it with her, it's the next best thing. And speaking of mothers, if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate your mom in your life, Aura Frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames. It allows you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and super easy to share photos with the Aura app. And here's the thing, if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. We love Aura Frames and living so far away from family, thanks to Aura, it's the next best thing. It's like, it's like almost being there. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Box of Oddities freaks can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code Oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A frames.com and use code Oddities at checkout, and you will save. Thanks, Aura Frames, for bringing my family a little bit closer. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, if you put your pants on, I'll give you some Fresca. And when kids can start to reason that they get something if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them. Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. 
Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings. While kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. When I was a kid, I had expected chores, and then I had bonus chores. And bonus chores were where I earned money. And so if you're thinking like, hey, my kids should be doing stuff around the house. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But maybe there's extra ways that they can learn how to be a successful financial money person. What was one of the bonus chores that you had to do? (sighs) Rub my mom's feet. And what did that pay? I don't know, like a quarter or something. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash oddities. And now... That thing in the middle. In 2012, water began trickling down the feet of a statue of Jesus in a Catholic church in Mumbai, India. Some locals and church officials believed that these were the tears of Jesus and quickly declared the phenomenon a miracle. But a man named Sanal Edamaruka did a little investigating. After inspecting the statue, he discovered faulty plumbing in the form of a clogged drainage pipe, which was leaking through a nail hole in the wall where the statue was placed. It turns out the tears of Jesus, in this case, was actually sewage. Hey, in a recent episode, you were talking about the guy who got bit by a monkey? Yeah. Yeah, Val writes, "Um, I got bitten by a monkey in Thailand in a monkey park. The monks who take care of the animal, said that it was lucky. (laughs) I didn't feel lucky. No. Seems like you're pretty lucky to me. I'm just saying. (laughs) And then Matt sent us this uh, email. Cat, on one of your episodes, I can't remember which, you talked about always having a knife in your purse. Don't know if if you still abide by this habit. In parentheses, I think you should. I always have a knife with me, except when I'm teaching. My school has a pretty strict no-knife policy. Hmm. Anyway, what type of knife do you have? A folding knife or a fixed blade knife with a sheath? Just curious. Nothing to see here. Go about your business. <laughs> uh, let me know, please. Matt Bailey from Bailey Knives. So I, I, oh, amazing. Okay. All right. um, I like a folding knife. Um, in fact, you know how carpet knives are, are folding and they mm-hmm. have that. Who, I love a carpet knife. You love a carpet knife. I with, do. With the, with the curve. With the curve. Uh-huh. Like, a, uh, like a mini saber. Right. But either way, I would prefer that it fold. Um, I like that it, it's all, you know, compact and unlikely to jab me while I'm searching around for gummy bears. Although at the same time, if you had like a straight knife with a sheath, mm-hmm. you would probably recognize that it was in your backpack more readily when we go to Disney next you time. You know, I, I don't know that that's accurate. Cat successfully smuggled a taser into would Magic you stop? Kingdom. I didn't smuggle it. It was just there. <laughs> you make it sound like it was an intentional thing and like I was trying to tase someone in Disney. I wasn't Magic Kingdom tasing. I just forgot it was there. Cat apparently is an unknown weapons mule. Oh, man. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Played back at a frequency that even dogs can't hear. Weird, right? This is The Box of Oddities. Mm. <laughs> Cat and- What you got for me? What, what you, what, what you, what you got for me? What, 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 what you got for me? All right, I haven't played that for about a month, so I'm not overdoing it, am I? No, you're doing great. Okay. I do love that apparently you use it so little now that you don't remember which button it is. I know. Immediately I go to <laughs> the, the mummy noise. <laughs> or or William Shatner. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Yeah. I can't believe he said my name. I know. Isn't that amazing? It's almost like he knows who I am. That's as close as we'll ever get to the chat, I'm sure. Yeah. We can all dream. So I was watching a YouTube video the other day about how some people in other countries perceive United States citizens. And it was really interesting. And I started thinking about how um, things that might seem normal to you and I, because Mm. we live here, don't seem normal to people who don't live here you know you become so desensitized to your everyday life and what's normal becomes so ingrained in you that you don't see that you are foreigners to the rest of the world (laughs) so i thought it might be interesting um instead of telling you about a tradition in another country that's a little bit weird that maybe we look inward and talk about some u.s customs that seem weird to the rest of the world. I love this. I love the idea of trying to recognize certain things that are quintessentially American. Through- Aha. Interesting that you said that, because we're going to talk about that. Okay. Or from the United States, through the eyes of people from other parts of the world. And, and the first time I really recognized this was I was talking to a Russian exchange student And we were at a football game. He had never been to an American football game Mm -hmm. before. And I had to explain to him what the uh, phrase taking the pigskin deep meant. (laughs) Apparently, he interpreted it some other way. Weird. Totally weird. I know. (laughs) It is interesting, though, that you said... America, because mm-hmm. we are a very strange group of people that often uh, refer to ourselves as Americans. We live in America, but that's just not accurate. Isn't it true that 
people from around the world will more commonly refer to our our country as just the states. The states or the U.S. America incorporates Canada, mm. Mexico. You know, I mean, it, it, it's the Americas. Sure. And we are. And when I say we, I'm, I'm referring to you and I as U.S. citizens. Mm-hmm. Often you will hear people from the U.S. refer to themselves as Americans as though we are the only America in in the Americas. And that's just not accurate. Uh-huh. In fact, in South America, it's pretty politically incorrect to call the U.S. America because it's insulting. I suppose that's true. But now that I think about it, more than once when we've been to uh, Ecuador, the local people will ask if we're Americanos. That's true. That's interesting. Are they just being polite, calling us what they think we want to be called? Maybe. There's an area in Cuenca, Ecuador, that has been built up with uh, luxury high-rises, and it's where most of the expat community lives. Mm -hmm. And the locals call it Gringolandia. (laughs) Which is, I mean, it's endearing. It's cute. It is. Well, we were in a a cab, and we were going through the area, and... uh, he was telling us in English what the area was like. And uh, and I said, oh, yeah, it's Gringolandia. And he did a spit take with his coffee. Like, we'd never heard that phrase right. before. <laughs> this, that's only something we say behind your back. <laughs> he was sweet, though. He was. It's just a good reminder that U.S. citizens are not the only Americans. In the U.S., since the 1940s, there's been a really interesting tradition at the White House at Thanksgiving. Now, uh, U.S. Thanksgiving is not celebrated everywhere, but generally it's uh, considered a day where we celebrate the joining of two groups of people to help each other and share a meal and it's uh, much much worse than that but we we like to eat so we um we celebrate it anyway but one of the things at the white house that happens is on thanksgiving the united states president comes out in a ceremony and lets a bird live (laughs) it's called the presidential turkey pardon yeah as citizens of the united states we just kind of take that for granted yeah it happens every year it's kind of dumb and we all know how it's going to end but it's tradition yeah i never thought about looking at that through the eyes of somebody let's say in mumbai (laughs) what's interesting is that uh we talked about this not long ago for a period of time the farmer who was providing the turkeys for the presidential turkey pardon um didn't have a, a turkey to give to the white house and so farmers from the region started sending the white house whatever animals that they wanted to be the new thanksgiving meal raccoons including a raccoon And the president at the time was like, we are not eating this raccoon. Let's share the family Thanksgiving raccoon. So bizarre. Anyway, in 1989, President George Bush Sr. made the turkey pardon a permanent part of the ceremony. It's an annual event. Now, it's not just a one-off kind of thing. It's something that we do every year. Hmm. It's very strange. And it's ridiculous, really, when you think about it, because we're insinuating that the turkey did something wrong. (laughs) Right. Plus, you know, they're just eating a different turkey. 
(laughs) Why didn't that one get pardoned? Anyway, speaking of animals in the States, on February 2nd of every year, United States citizens celebrate Groundhog Day. Right. And this is a little bit interesting. We all wait with bated breath to hear what this groundhog is going to do. So in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, uh, where this tradition started, there's a groundhog who will come out of his hole. And if he sees his shadow, that means... Six more weeks of winter. Six more weeks of winter. Punxsutawney Phil. And if he doesn't see his shadow, that means that spring is on the on the way. It's fucking weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. The only thing good that has come out of that, in my opinion, is the Bill Murray movie Groundhog's Day. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Yes, it's like daylight savings time. Saving time. I love Bill Murray. Oh, speaking of which, I did add my I Hope Bill Murray is Having a Great Day t-shirt design to our Box of Oddities tea Public store. So if you are interested in my Bill Murray design, it's now available to you. Uh, you can get the link at theboxofoddities.com. T-shirts, hoodies, whatever you want. Box of Oddities merch. The Imperial System. So there was a periodical that was published in the 1880s that defended the imperial system as a just weight and a just measure, which alone are acceptable by the Lord, which seems to me a lot to say about a measurement system. I thought the Lord used cubits. (laughs) It was actually passed to the U.S. by the British uh, and then modified slightly. Um, But over time, of course, the metric system was deemed to be better. And so the rest of the world uses it. Right, yeah. And despite the fact that the metric system was formally sanctioned by Congress in 1866, the U.S. remains the only industrialized country in the world to not have adopted it. I remember, I think I've mentioned this when I was in first grade, Mm. they started to teach us the metric system because within a couple of years, we're all going to be using the metric system. And when I was in first grade... Lyndon Johnson was president. So that kind of gives you an idea how long ago that was. Right. We've talked about this before. Television prescription drug ads. Yeah. First of all, we hate them. It doesn't make any sense that you're going to go to your doctor and ask him about Rembleva. Especially if... That's his job. If it causes oily stool and the inability to control them. Right. I do love that they always include those side effects. Um, This is pretty much the only place in the world where direct-to-consumer ads for meds are a thing. It's very strange to non-Americans to see (laughs) these drugs advertised, and they're drugs for like very specific, sometimes serious things, and our country is just saying, hey, maybe you'd like to have this. And the ads never have anything to do with what the disease or malady that the prescription is supposed to uh, assist with. They're talking about uh, colon cancer, and it'll be some guy flying a kite on a beach. Why did you just say flying a kite? Because that's exactly the example that I was going to use, except I was going to say in a park. Because we share the same brain. That's probably it. But yeah. What about when they say, 
Some side effects include death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty mm-hmm. serious. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look into that. Also strange as far as television ads. Also, side of bus ads, bench ads, billboard ads, lawyers. Yeah. There are lawyer advertisements everywhere. Certainly here in Orlando. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, there are certain places in the States where it's much more prevalent for sure. But this is like nothing I've ever seen before. And I'm wondering if because Orlando is the destination point for a lot of people who are traveling from overseas, they come here to do Disney and Universal and Mm -hmm. the parks. If they think that it's like this everywhere in the United States of America, (laughs) but it's insane. It's a lot. And we were talking the other day about the need that lawyers have to put their face on their ads. Mm. Is it just a vanity thing or does it have something to do with building trust or I don't know, but I don't need to see your 30 foot head screaming at me about how much money you can get me if I get into a car accident. Right. While I'm on I-4 East. Right. Don't put that into my head. I don't need that. Here's something that I didn't really think much about until I traveled abroad more. U.S. money. It all looks the same. All of our bills are the same shape. They're the same size. They're the same color. And that's very unusual. It makes a lot more sense for the shape of the bill or the size of the bill to change depending on how much it's worth. But no, we just like to make things really difficult. (laughs) That's why Ray Charles, when he was touring in the early years, insisted that he was paid in $1 bills. That makes so much sense. Doesn't it? Yeah. Do you remember that episode of What Would You Do? Where they had a blind person come in with bills uh, at a convenience store and they were oh, like, yeah. is this a 20 or a 5? And then they would test the people to uh, see how honest they were. And most people really did the right thing. And I, I, one person even went above and beyond and took all their money and sorted it by denomination and said, okay, so your your big bills are on the top, your small bills are on the oh. bottom. And it was just, it was really heartwarming. And, you know, we could solve this by having different shaped bills. That's true. Let's talk about something that I personally don't enjoy, but a lot of people that I love dearly do, and that's Black Friday. That seemed to happen almost overnight here in the U.S. Tell me about your experience being um, it, like of of a um, of a age uh-huh. that is right. Mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Tell me, uh, as a more aged person, what is your experience with Black Friday? My experience, and I don't know how accurate this is, but I don't remember it ever being a thing until maybe the mid to late 80s. I never heard anybody refer to Black Friday up until that point. But then it was like a few people mentioned it, like, ha, 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 it's like Black, it's Black Friday because, you know, it's, it's a hard time to go shopping. And then within, it seemed, years, just a few years, all the major retail conglomerates latched onto it and made it some sort of an unofficial holiday. It is like a holiday. It's very strange. 
And now you've got Cyber Monday. So to in case you're not familiar with Black Friday, it is the Friday after Thanksgiving, the kickoff to the Christmas shopping season. And there are a ton of sales. And it is something that happens around the world, mm. but certainly not to the extent that it happens here in the U.S. You see people lined up outside of Best Buy three, four days in, a, in advance to take advantage of their doorbuster deals. In some cases, they'll advertise a product at an extremely inexpensive, below cost price, but they'll only have like five of them. <laughs> and it'll say, while supplies last. Right, well that's one of the reasons that the mobs happen that so often do. And I mean, if you've seen if you've been on YouTube for any number of minutes, you've seen a Black Friday fight break out. It oh, yeah. is outrageous the way people behave about discounted curtains. It is a <laughs> real strange thing and something that I avoid at all costs. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, though I will say there's some real good deals. Giving Tuesday is something I can get on board with. Well, sure. And finally... And I think this is really important to discuss, especially those who live in the U.S. with us. In 2013, Business Insider reported that a massive 169 million vacation days were not used by U.S. Yeah. citizens. We're discouraged to take them. It's crazy. And there is this strange pride in not taking them. In, I haven't taken a day off in three years. In, I have never used a sick day. And there's this bizarre mm. obsession with working that is unhealthy. Agreed. And it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, people are lazy, beep, 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 beep. It's That's not what it's about. It's about having a work-life balance that benefits not just you, but your health and your family and your colon. You know, you <laughs> cannot sustain that kind of behavior. And still fly a kite on a beach. Right. I mean, really, who's benefiting from you not taking your vacation days? Big Pharma. That's right. So now you've got an 80-hour work week and oily stool. Who needs that? No one. Anyway, take your vacation days. It's like if your boss gave you $100 a week and you said, no, I'll just have 80. Thank you. What are you talking about? Utilize the things that are offered to you as part of your benefits package. Money is a benefit. Vacation days are benefits. Use them. That's our advice to you. I'm sorry. I know I got a little aggressive there. Well, you feel strongly about I vacations. Do. Uh, I, I can't blame you. I just think it's important. It's just that whole like glorifying of busy thing that I think a lot of U.S. citizens have bought into that I, I can't get on board with. And I'll ask that you examine it. Thank you. Good day to you. Good day to you. Anyway, those are some weird things about the states. There are many great things about the U.S., but that's not as much fun to talk about. <laughs> I got most of my information from Insider.com, from BuzzFeed, BusinessInsider.com, and Forbes.com. Really enjoyed our last Zoom call with uh, the Order of Freaks on Patreon. We do that once a month, sometimes a time or two more. Also, you can get 
ad-free episodes, get them a day early. There's all kinds of benefits to supporting the podcast and becoming a member of the Order of Freaks. You can do that by going to our website, theboxofoddities.com. Click on the support the podcast link. Big thanks to our newest patrons, Rain, Isaac, and Mindra. Thanks a lot, you guys. We'll see you next time. Until then, keep flying that freak flag. Fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the Box of Oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those to whom I report to beseech you for assistance. We ask but one thing of you to provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, we wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2022. All rights reserved. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world. Plus, tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlwood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books. As I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.